This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, October 28, 2012. Stepping up in prayer. Hey, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for the worship this morning, Lord. Right now, we just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, every fiber of our being, to all that you have for us today. And we may we be changed and transformed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, great. So today, we are starting a new series called Stepping Up. We're talking specifically about stepping up our discipleship, taking it to the next level, getting on the court, and playing full out for God. You up for that game? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, to do that, it's going to take intentionality and discipline. Ooh, we don't like that word, do we? Okay, so anytime we strive for a goal that's worth attaining, getting from here to there, whatever it might be, whether it's related to our education, our jobs, our family, our health, our relationships, it takes work. Today we're going to focus on how we can do that and what it might look like to step up our discipleship by stepping up our prayer life. So to begin, let's talk about what prayer is and is not. Prayer is simply conversation between us and God. Prayer is not a one-way conversation or communication where I tell God what I want God to do. That is not prayer. Prayer is not a formula or magical thinking where I say, God... I really want this, and poof, there it appears. Prayer is more than an information exchange. Prayer is the active and ongoing conversation that we have with God throughout our day. It's two-way, both talking to God and listening to God. Now, there's also a third aspect of prayer that we often don't think about, and that's how we respond to our conversation with God. When we pray, we open ourselves to God, the Holy One, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Through prayer, our talking, listening, and responding, we're continually changed and transformed into the people God wants us to be. Now, the quality And the frequency of our conversation with God directly impacts the quality of every other area of our life, including our relationships with others, our jobs, our finances. The better our communication is with God, the better everything will be. That includes your relationship with your spouse, your children, parents, grandchildren, friends, coworkers, boss, you name it. Everything for that matter. And that's one of the reasons why our prayer life is so important. Because it has the potential to impact everything. 
Essentially, the most important conversation you have every day is the conversation that you have with God. Let's say that together. The most important conversation you have every day is the conversation you have with God. Now, just because we have an intentional prayer life doesn't mean that our relationships will be perfect and everything will go according to our wishes. Of course not. It does mean, though, that the extent of our miscommunications and misunderstandings with each other won't be as great when we include God than when we do not. It also means how we handle a given challenge or trial or the steps we're going to take and how we react to a given situation will be different when we talk with God, when we listen to God, and when we respond accordingly. Now, many of us know this to be true. How many times have you gone throughout your day and you're like just feeling like something's wrong, something's missing, we just feel off? Have you ever had a day like that? Oh, good. Me too. Now, at some point during our day, it might occur to us that we didn't make time for God. And boy, oh boy, can we now feel the impact of that. Not checking in. You know, my day far better, goes far better when I include God in the conversation and make time for prayer than when I don't. So Paul, who's the author of many books, many of the letters in the New Testament, he wrote a letter to the church in Philippi in A.D. 61, which is about 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. Paul was under house arrest in Rome when he wrote his letter to the Philippians. In chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice! Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and say the rest of that with me, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, so here Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now remember, Paul's in prison when he writes these words. He knows that death most likely awaits him, yet he rejoices and he tells the Philippians to rejoice too. See, Paul knows that true joy only comes in knowing the Lord. True joy only comes in knowing the Lord. The joy we experience as believers, those who have invited Jesus into our hearts and into our lives, that joy becomes like an underlying foundation in our life. Even when we're troubled, persecuted, in prison, whatever the case may be, we can come to a place where we are able to find rest, and rejoice in the Lord. So Paul says in verse 6, don't be anxious about anything, but every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
Paul tells us don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation from our smallest concerns, like those stink bugs, don't know if you know what they are, I've seen them. But in my house, a couple times in the past few weeks, when I went to open my sliding glass door to go out on my deck, there's like 30 of them lined up, and I just slammed the door shut, and then I pray, oh God, would you please send the stink bug extraction team to my house, which is my husband, Dave. <laughs> please send him and help get rid of these critters, and I say, thank you, God. So the smallest concerns of our hearts to the greatest concerns of our hearts, our families, our friends, jobs, neighborhoods, state, country, the world. So this past week, one of the greater concerns of my heart has been on a family situation that's really required my time and attention. I'll just say it's been hard for me communicating what's been on my heart to my family It's been hard navigating through the conversations, knowing when to speak and when to listen and be silent. You know, I really want to offer words of wisdom, and at the same time, I want to empower one of my family members to make their own choices, which aren't always the choices I want for them. So I've been talking to God a lot, praying to God and some select others about the situation as I kind of pray through it. And it hasn't been easy. I don't know about you, but when I I have family situations, you know, sometimes I can just feel this churning in my gut, like, you know, and I've kind of had that for most of the week. Now, the one thing I am clear on, if I didn't have God in my heart, I don't even want to think about how I'd be responding or the things that I might say or the ways I might react. So Paul next goes on to say that by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, most of us could probably agree that the with thanksgiving part can be hard at times, yet... I am always surprised at the testimonies I hear from people who are going through difficult situations. A recent example is the house fire that the Wisemans had. Barry Wiseman, our director of creative arts and worship, who was, as he's watching his home burn, had true thanksgiving in his heart. He had thanksgiving for two two things. One, that his family, they weren't home. And the other is when they got the news, they were with their small group who was able to love them and be the hands and feet of Jesus right away. And wow, what a difference that made to their family and their children. Now, I know other times it takes time to find Thanksgiving in the midst of hard situations. I know of a man who went through a painful couple of years watching his business fall apart and then, as a result, lost his home. Today, he'll tell you he's never been so happy. And he confesses it took for him to lose everything to gain the world. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He says, Lori, don't feel bad for me because I have nothing. He said, because in my nothingness, I found peace. He found a peace 
that the things of the world couldn't give him. So this particular verse ends by telling us to present our request to God. So let's notice two things. The word present and the one to whom we are presenting our request to. The creator of heaven and earth, the almighty, the prince of peace. When we present them to God, God knows all things. And God loves each one of you more than you even can know and experience. God loves you so much. Don't ever think that God doesn't love you. He wants nothing but the best for you. You know, and we know this to be true. God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus into the world to die for each one of us while we were yet sinners. God has all knowledge, all power, all wisdom. God truly wants what is best for you in all your situations. Now, after we present our request to God, this is the really hard part because then we have to trust. We've just given them to God, God Almighty. It's time to trust, to let go and let God. We begin to actively listen to God and respond accordingly as we're being led by the Holy Spirit. This next part of prayer takes discipline and, it's, and it takes practice as we learn. I'll give you a quick example from my own life that taught me how to be a better listener. So several years ago, prior to becoming a pastor, I was working in the church office. A woman came in to drop something off. And on her way out, I walked with her to her car. She went to open her driver's side door, and then she stopped suddenly in her tracks, and she went to the back of her car, and she opened the trunk. She says, Lori, I have a box of food in here. Do you know anyone who needs it? And I said, no, I don't. However, I felt like everything within me, every fiber of my being was saying, take the box, take it, take it. But I didn't listen. My intellect got in the way. Have you ever had that problem? When, you know, our minds get in the way? I became concerned about how I was going to get rid of this box of food. You see, at the time, the church didn't have a food ministry like we do today. And I pictured that box in those few seconds sitting in the closet for months. I thought, you know what? It'll be better for her to keep it and give it away to someone who needs it. Rather than me listening and responding to how I was being led inside to take the box of food. She asked me three times, are you sure? I said, no thanks. Well, you might be able to guess what happens next. I go in the church Five minutes later, I have a lady who says, I just got in from Mississippi, and I need food. I knew that box of food was for her. That one experience of not listening was like God taking a two-by-four and like hitting me up against the head. I have never forgotten it, and when I get those nudges today, boy, oh boy, am I such a better listener. Now, there's something else to note about this story. Notice how I said the woman went to the driver's side door, and then she stopped suddenly 
and walk back to her trunk. She was interrupted by God in the moment and listened and responded by offering me the food. Just imagine the difference we could make if we became people who listened and responded to God's promptings in the moment. Proverbs 3, five tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Let's say that together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, the amount of time we spend listening and responding to God's voice is a really big part of our prayer life. Remember, prayer is an ongoing conversation that we have with God throughout our day. I'll have to say that by far the single best way to hear God's voice more clearly is by reading God's word. If you want to hear God, read God's word. God will speak to you. I can't stress this enough. You must make a commitment to spend time reading God's word. If you're not sure where to start, pick up a daily bread at guest services. Or we have um, an E100 Bible reading plan, and that might be a good place to start. Now, if you're somebody who's already reading the Bible regularly, and you want to hear God even more clearer, read the Bible out loud to yourself. Or increase the amount of time you spend reading it. You can also pray the scriptures, which is another way to read the Bible newly. The book of Psalms is a great place to do this. There are so many prayers of God's people in the book of Psalms. In the Bible, we find that God speaks to people in various different ways. We don't want to limit how God can speak to us. Essentially, we want to learn how to be intentionally aware of God's presence with us throughout our day. Prayer is so much more than the single moment of dedicated time that you give God in that day. And now that's very important time. I'm not saying that, that time that you spend in prayer quietly by yourself. But prayer is so much more than that moment of dedicated time. Take God with you everywhere you go. And be attentive and listen to the promptings of God in your spirit and respond accordingly. You know, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, to pray continually. And I really think that this is what, a, what praying continually is all about. It takes practice and it has some awesome rewards. So as we read the last section of Philippians, there's a promise, a promise in Scripture And it says, let's read it together. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, there's a direct link between the amount of time we spend praying and the level of peace we have in our heart. When I first gave my heart to Jesus, I began to experience this peace that passes all understanding. It constantly tells me in the midst of my upsets, my worries, my anxieties, my concerns and situations that all is well and all will be well. The cool thing 
with this is the more we get to know God through prayer, the greater we get to know God, the more our relationship with God, the closer that becomes, the greater that peace is. This verse tells us the peace of God will literally guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That peace is a gift of God's grace and love for each one of you. It's worth striving for, and the way we get it is by being in an ongoing conversation with God. Now, if you are at the beginning stages of your faith, and you want to develop an intentional prayer life, and have questions along the way, please ask. Ask God and ask someone else who's been in the faith for a while. I promise you, if you seek God, you will find him. I promise you that. Now, if you're somebody who's like, Lori, I'm not even sure if this God thing is like even real or if God exists. But maybe you've wondered from time to time, is God real? I promise you, if you ask God to reveal God to yourself, God will. Seek him and you will find him. It's a promise of scripture. All you have to do is ask and be open. Now, for everyone, just imagine for a minute, really imagine if we all stepped up our prayer life. Imagine the difference we could make if we became people who talked with, listened to, and responded to God's promptings in a moment. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be really awesome? Now... Imagine for a minute the work of God that does not get done because we do not hear or we hear and don't respond. You see, when we step up our prayer life, we literally shrink that gap. So let's step up our discipleship by stepping up our prayer life. As we close, I invite you all to pray. Pray before you leave. You can do that in your seats, on the steps. You can go back in the prayer corner. There will be people there who will lift up your prayers with you. Pray. Remember, the most important conversation you have with God or the most important conversation you have every day is the conversation you have with God. Do you guys believe that? Let's say that one more time. Let's say it out loud. The most important conversation you have every day is the conversation you have with God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we just uh, thank you so much. For all of your love, your mercy, your grace. We thank you for revealing yourselves to each one of us. Lord, we just lift up all of the concerns of our hearts to you. We give them all to you, Lord. Hear our prayers. And Lord, we also pray for the 
Hurricane Sandy that's out there in the ocean, Lord. We pray that the hurricane, Lord, that it would um, weaken, that it would dissipate, that it wouldn't be strong, as strong as they're predicting, Lord. We pray that people would listen to you and respond by keeping themselves safe, Lord. We pray for everyone's safety. We pray that we would make wise choices in the midst of this storm. And we give all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.